This is a podcast from Tbilisi International Christian Fellowship, a gathering of many nations who are one in Christ. This sermon is from our series on the Gospel of Mark called Jesus in Action. And uh, as you know that we are going through the series of Mark, and today we will listen the word of God from Gospel of Mark, chapter 14, verse 53 to 72. It's about Jesus before the council and Peter's denial, Jesus. Let us read the word of God. They took Jesus to the high priest and all the chief priests, the elders, the scribes were assembled. Peter had followed at a distance right into the courtyard of the high priest. And he was sitting with guards, warming himself at the fire. Now the chief priests and the whole council were looking for testimony against Jesus to put him to death. But they found none. For many gave false testimonies against him, and their testimony did not agree. Some stood up and gave false testimony against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and in three days I will build another not made with hands. But even on this point, their testimony did not agree. Then the high priest stood up before them and asked Jesus, Have you no answer? What is it that they testify against you? But he was silent and did not answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the son of the blessed one? Jesus said, I am. And you will see the son of man seated at the right hand of the power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, Why do we still need witnesses? You have heard his blasphemy. What is your decision? All of them condemned him as he as deserving death. Some began to spit on him, to blindfold him, and to strike him, saying to him, Prophesy. The guards also took him over and beat him. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servants' girls of the high priest came by. When, when she saw Peter warming himself, she stared at him and said, You also were with Jesus, the man from Nazareth. But he denied, saying, I don't know or understand what you are talking about. And he went out in the forecourt. Then the, then the rooster crowed. And the servant girl, on seeing him, began again to say to the bystanders, This man is one of them. But again, he denied it. Then after a little while, the bystanders again said to Peter, Certainly, you are one of them, for you are Galilean. But he began to curse, and he swore an oath. I do not know this man you are talking about. At that moment, the rooster crowed for the second time. Then Peter remembered that Jesus had said to him, Before the rooster crows twice, he will deny me three times. And he broke down and wept. 
Let us bow down our heads and pray for a moment. Almighty Father, give us the grace to enter into the passion of your Son, Jesus Christ, with compassion and love. Perhaps, give us the grace to feel the sorrows of your Son, Jesus Christ. Prepare us once again, O God, to follow your Son on the paths that lead him to cross. Put in us the feelings which were his. Accept us on his Passover journey so that we in return may reach in glory of his resurrection. We ask this in your Son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. So, here we are. Last week, Pastor Bart preached how Jesus' disciples, in a split of seconds, in few minutes, they betrayed him at the Garden of Gethsemane. The ones who were proclaiming him that we will die for you, we will do anything for you, when the time came, they dispersed in few minutes. And Jesus already started his walking. Jesus already started walking towards the finishing line. He already, step by step, moving towards his mission, why he came to this earth. He's, he's about to complete the mission for why Father sent him to this earth. Today's word of God deals with the mock trial with the kangaroo court, how the high priest, the elders, the scribes, they were treating the Son of God, the humiliation of Son of God, how they welcomed, they should be the one who prepare his way, but they are the ones who is judging him. Today we will talk about that and we will learn from this passage and later on we will how Peter, one of Jesus' best friend, he denied him. When Jesus was arrested, they took him to the high priest's house. I was I was studying a bit, and uh, normally the official and and they were actually they were dealing Jesus with a capital offense. He was. They, according to them, he committed a capital offense. He committed a capital crime. And according to them, he's, he's supposed to be in the court. But they took him to the high priest of house. Can you put a picture? Uh, the, the normal court was, uh, the high priest court seems to be like that. It consists, the council consists of a 71, 70 members plus the high priest. And it's it's a uh, it's a just uh, graphics, and you can see the accused supposed to be standing right in the middle of the seventy one people. From the very beginning, it was so manipulative, the trial of the Jesus Christ, that they took him to the villa of the high priest. So, because it was so uh, it was so fast. They didn't give any for any uh, 
notice to all the priest all the priest over there and they started started the trials of Jesus and at that time Caiaphas who was the high priest he was the son-in-law of Annas who had five sons also and he was even though he was not at the time high priest but his five sons and his son-in-law Caiaphas because of them he was so influential like you can say in today's politics also some people the party leaders they just be the party leaders and they nominate some prime minister some other person to to represent them that was the situation at that time also anas he just nominated kaifas his son in law to be the high priest and they were at their home mocking jesus just imagine right now using your senses a big room a big hall in the high priest home a room full of curiosity full of ang- full of agony full of anguish all the people are so curious what what will happen to jesus around the walls there are torches and just imagine that all the religious leaders all the scribes elders high priest is sitting on probably on his chair reclining probably the pillows and our lord jesus christ he is standing right in the middle of them and they were asking asking questions to the god but there was a man there was a man whom once jesus asked him to follow me there was a man who left everything once jesus asked him to follow me and he left everything and he followed him at this time also he was following him peter he was also following jesus at that time also but unfortunately at this time he was following jesus from a distance he was following jesus from a distance once peter once jesus who was strong once jesus called him as strong as rock and now peter who was full of fear who was full of probably the scared from from higher authorities from the religious leaders i feel for peter sometimes all the disciples ran away even though the gospel of john tells us that john was also there but in other gospels it's not mentioned but he had a really strong character even though he knew that what will happen to jesus but he had a really curious nature he wanted to know what will happen to jesus but at that same time he was fearful and afraid he was he was searching for his life also earthly life I, i was just thinking like how awkward peter was at that time with those people who arrested jesus with those guards who arrested jesus and now he's trying to mingle with them and now he's trying to be with them warming himself with those friends with those guards who are beating jesus who are mocking him and peter is sitting with them brothers and sisters sometimes we also follow jesus but many times we follow him from a distance we come to church week after week 
We come to his presence, Sunday services, home groups, everything, warming ourselves, filling the petrol on every Sunday. But the fire of Christ never light, never lit in our hearts. We are not able to be witness. We are not able to be testify his name openly in front of the scare. When, when the troubles come, we try to be distanced from him. And we are saying to Jesus, Jesus, it's fine. I'm on a distance. I'm coming to your church. I'm coming to your home. It's better to be on a distance from you. We Sometimes we look at Peter with very harsh, like he... He was a distant, he can, he can proclaim Jesus, he can maybe say he's my friend. But when we look in, into ourselves, how many times we walk with Jesus with a distance? When we move forward to this passage, to this word of God, by this kangaroo court, they were, try, they were doing the trial of Son of God from verse 55 to 59. And they were just finding those evidence. According to the, that law, they were not able to execute Jesus according to the Jewish law. So they have to find some evidence so they can hand over Jesus to Pilate. So they have to find something. They have to manipulate something so they can be able to tell Pilate he has done something. That's why he he deserved death. He deserved to be death. Uh, he he deserved death on uh, on cross. In this court, in this trial, they have broken all the laws. For example, I mentioned the the trial court. Also, it's supposed to be in the temple. It's it's it should it's supposed to be in the part of temple. It's supposed to be uh, in in Old Testament. It's supposed to be on a proper time. And the witness are coming one after another. Coming and coming and coming. False witnesses are coming. And God clearly mentioned to Moses in Exodus 20, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. They were breaking all the laws in this trial. They were breaking in front of the high priest, in front of those people who should... Who should, who should actually teach them that you should not give false testimony. In front of them, they are the ones who actually prepared them. And in front of them, they are doing everything. And at that time, in, uh, in Deuteronomy, the punish, there was a punishment also for false witnesses. But they are coming and going. They are coming and going. Nobody was there to, nobody was there to check. Because it was all set up, it was all set up to, for the Son of God to die. But the fact that religious leaders, they wanted Jesus to be died at any cost. They wanted that, find something, he, they needs to find something so they hand over him to the Roman authorities. When we see verse 57 and 58, after many witnesses came over there, they speak, they give their testimonies that he have done this, he have done this, 
he is proclaiming he is proclaiming to be the son of god he is pro- proclaiming to be the son of he is proclaiming himself to be messiah but in 57 verse 57 and 58 another another charge they put on him that he is proclaiming that he will destroy the temple and build in 3 days jesus never said i will destroy the temple that was another another false accusation on him he never said in john 2:19 it is written destroy this temple and in 3 days i will rise he said if you destroy this temple he never said i will destroy this temple and he was not talking about the temple the herod's temple he was talking about this temple his life and we all know that that temple was destroyed and he he raised after 3 days and the temple was again built but they they didn't knew about that the why they were blaming jesus that he is saying if you dis, if i will i'll be the one destroy the temple and build in 3 days many historians say that that uh, in roman law if anybody say that that the destruction or if you if you want to mend any kinds of religious worship places it considered to be a capital punishment and that was one of the major thing they were they wanted to use against jesus that he is saying i want to uh, if i destroy this temple i will destroy this temple and build in 3 days that was one of the evidence they wanted to use against jesus and rom uh, roman law they were not they were not uh, uh, they don't care if anybody follow the jewish law or not so they need something solid they need the evidence which is against the against their will against their law so that that's why the all the sanhedrin they were trying their level best to find a little small evidence against jesus so they can give him to the pilot they can give him to the roman officials to be for the death clearly here in these in this uh, word also it's mentioned that they cannot find anything the witnesses are coming and going probably they didn't had a good rehearsal before that they were all made up witnesses they didn't practice that because it was so fast it's it's the matter of few hours that they arrested jesus and they presented him to the court so probably they didn't had a practice how to present their testimonies how to be the witness in front of the court but after that one of the i believe in verse 60 when the high priest caiphas he was fed up from testimonies he was fed up from all the witnesses he by himself stood up and he wanted to ask some questions from jesus and i believe this is one of the dramatic scene of this whole passion narrative passion uh, week two high priests are standing and facing each other one from the order of aaron the other is the order from melchizedek one 
is the sinful man and the other is the sinless son of God. One is from the Jewish system and the other one is the true high priest. They were standing and facing each other at that moment. And he started asking question to Jesus. What is that they testify against you? He, ta- he talked to Jesus in a very cunning way like, why are you are talking to these people? They are coming and coming and coming and why you are not answering to them? <laughs> and Jesus know his heart also. He, he preferred to remain silent in front of him. Jesus chose to be silent among the noise. In Isaiah 53, it is written, He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He preferred to be silent. While I was contemplating on this text, one of the really amazing things which struck my heart is humility of Jesus, the poverty of Jesus. The He can do everything at that moment. He is... He is the son of God. He can do everything at that moment. But he preferred to be silent and preferred to complete the mission what God have given to him. He, he preferred to be obedient to God. He preferred to be obedient to Father and preferred to be silent at that moment. But finally, the major question was asked uh, by Caiaphas to Jesus in verse 61. Are you the Messiah, the son of the blessed one? He used the language of Psalms, the blessed one. Are you the Messiah? Uh, Are are you the son of the blessed one? And Jesus answered him, I am. This is the first time Jesus, in the gospel of Mark, Jesus is publicly proclaiming, I am the son of God. He is uh, in uh, Mark, in Mark, thir- uh, in Mark three, I guess. They asked him which authority he is doing all these things, and now Jesus is telling all of them, "I am the Son of God." The story which started from the firing bush, now it's going to complete. I am, and Jesus is telling to him. His past, his present, and future. I am the Son of God. Jesus said, I am, and you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of the power. Jesus told him his past, his present, and future. Instead of his two titles, which high priest is asking him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of, uh, the Son of Blessed One? And Jesus preferred to tell him, I am the son of man, according to Daniel 7. Can we turn to Daniel 7, verse 13 and 14? As I watched in the night visions, I saw one like a human being coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the ancient one. And he was presented before him. To him 
was given dominion and glory and kingship to all peoples, nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that shall not pass away and his kingship is one that shall never be destroyed. And Jesus using the reference to reply to Caiaphas that yes, I am the son of man who will come again. Jesus, you know one of the biggest one of the major melodic line of Gospel of Mark, we are about to finish this Gospel of Mark, and one of the major melodic line of Gospel of Mark is authority of Jesus. Authority of Jesus over demons, authority of Jesus over death, authority of Jesus over disease. And now, Jesus is publicly proclaiming his authority from where his authority is coming. And he is telling also his future also that I am going to sit on the right side, right hand of the, of the heaven, of the heavenly father. At that moment, when Jesus proclaimed, when Jesus announced that whatever they wanted to ask him, he told them, after that, another drama, another uh, dramatic scene created by Caiaphas. And uh, he actually tore his robe, he tore his clothes. Unknowingly or knowingly, according to the, uh, as per the Old Testament qualification for the high priest, they should never, uh, in Leviticus 20, I will read that. In Leviticus 21.10, the high priest was forbidden to cover his head and rend his garments. They were not allowed to uncover their heads or rend their garments. But unknowingly or knowingly, he rent his garment. The high priest is giving the right place to Jesus, to the great high priest. He is disqualifying himself for Jesus, for the great high priest. He didn't, probably he didn't realize that at this moment, the office of the high priest will not be no longer for the forgiveness of the sins. Because the great high priest will sit on the right hand of the father and intercede for us. All these things are coming to a real interesting end. Why Jesus came to earth and when Jesus step by step, he's walking through his journey. The next, I am from that country. I'm from Pakistan. I'm from that country where blasphemy is one of the biggest punishment. I mean, if you do blasphemy, the it's a death penalty for that. And uh, recently there are cases happened with those kinds of cases. And I was just imagining the when they were accusing Jesus after that, that he committed blasphemy. He equalized himself to the, to the God. In Old Testament, blasphemy is one of the, also one of the major sin, capital sin. 
and the death and the punishment for blasphemy was the death stone to death in leviticus 24:16 anyone who blasphemes the name of the lord is to put to death the entire assembly must stone them and they accused son of god they accused god that he committed blasphemy whatever they were trying to find in jesus whatever they want to whatever they wanted to find any accusation against jesus they got it that he committed blasphemy against the god against the living god but they didn't knew that he is the god they already made the decision in verse 64 you have heard his blasphemy what is your decision all of them condemn him as a deserving death they wanted him to be died they already made their decision that he committed blasphemy and he has to die there is no other way the next verse is really painful and and uh, how our lord jesus christ suffered for us uh, how he gave his everything for us some began to spit on him to blindfold him and to strike him saying to him prophesy <clears throat> i lived in middle east for like 4 4 years and in that culture if you spit even in front of some person if a person is walking and you spit in front of him it's a big offense you offended them and they were spitting on his face on jesus face on the on the son of god's face they were start spitting him beating him i offered my back to those who beat me my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard i did not hide my face from mocking and spitting according to isaiah 50 verse 6 this is what our lord has done for us this is what our god has done for us he offered everything for us but in verse 54 there was i mentioned a person was there who was following jesus we'll come back to that story a couple of weeks ago dave featherland was preaching about mark and sandwich and this is the perfect example of marking mark and sandwich also mark mark started the story from the peter went to another story and came back again to the peter story on the one hand jesus is testifying and being witness for himself by telling the truth and on the other hand you will see from verse 66 to 72 how peter will deny jesus how he will to save his life to save his earthly life how he will deny jesus in uh, peter denial we'll talk about three things peter denial peter repentance and jesus rest- jesus restoration how jesus restore him 
And again, I will come back to the Middle Eastern culture. And my boss, he was one of the he was one of the wealthiest person in that region. And even his servants, they considered him themselves to be very high. Like they considered themselves to be very in a on the top positions. It was a privilege for them to be in the house of that of that person. And the same way, the high priest servants probably they uh, visit temple oftenly, and they have a close look at Jesus' disciples. Who is coming? Who is with them? Who is with him? They have a very close look at him. And while the other trial of Jesus' trial was going in the high priest room. Other trial of uh, Peter's trial was going in the courtyard. One was saying the truth. Master was saying and testifying everything by speaking the truth. And the other will speak the lies and deny him. So, uh, the servant came to Peter and asked, when she saw Peter warming himself, she started at him and say, said, You'll all, you, you also were with Jesus, the man from Nazareth. Probably Peter was really good, uh, warming himself around the guards. And the servant came and she asked, You are also with Jesus, Jesus from Nazareth. And the Peter reaction were, what are you talking about? I don't know even, I don't know what you are talking about. It's uh, it's really a spontaneous reaction when generally, when people ask something and we, many times we lie. What are you talking about? Sometimes I do also with my wife. What are you talking about? The same thing Peter has done here. But that lady, that servant girl, she didn't let him go. Again, she asked the guards, the other people who were standing over there, Do you know this guy? We saw him with Jesus. He was with him. We Many times we saw him with, uh, with him in the temple. Many times we saw him. They were healing people together. And he again denied him. He again denied Jesus bluntly. No, I don't know him. And the third time, when the girl asked him, the servant girl asked him, so Peter was from the north part, uh, from Galilee, and Galilee is the northern part of Israel, Holy Land. And the accent was different. Peter's accent was different. Probably in, in today's word also, many English speakers, they have a different pronunciations of words, as you can see me also. But at that time, Peter has a different accent from the people from Judea. He was from Galilee. 
So the girl, servant girl asked her, asked him, you are, you are from Galilee? Maybe you will be with him also. And he said, he actually literally cursed himself. If I am with him, I swear to God, I'm not, I don't even know him. What are you talking? And at that time, a few, check, few uh, hours ago, this prediction Jesus did that you will disown me before the second time rooster will crow. And at that time, rooster crowed the second time. And then Peter remembered that his master told him that you will do this thing. And he was like, no, Jesus, I will die for you. I didn't want to share this today, but I neither I mention in my notes. But I don't know why there are certain times during the that you have to share this your testimony. Actually, it, I mean, in our daily actions, in our daily words, we deny God. Deny Jesus. But I actually did from my words. Actually, the way Peter did, I actually did also. I was in Pakistan 15 years ago. I was 13, 14 years old. And uh, after, it was 2003, 4 I guess. And the situation in Pakistan was not that good. Suddenly the something happens and close the schools and you have to go back. The blast and terrorism and these things were really on peak at that time. And uh, it happened on that day and they closed the school and I have to go back to my home. And I have to go back and on bus, buses were not working. I got a lift from 50 years old guy. He had a long beard, a very powerful, seems to be a person. And he asked me, how many times you prayed in your day? And I said, I pray five times a day. And uh, unconsciously, consciously, at that moment, and then we continue talking about another religion. And I forget about these things. But last year, I was doing my silent retreat, 30-day silent retreat in Switzerland. And while I was contemplating on this text, how Peter denied Jesus, I forget, like it was that incident was 15 years ago. I forget everything about that. But that incident came into my mind. The same thing you have done before judging Peter you have done the same thing. Why you are pointing fingers to Peter? Just look at yourself also. Just dig deep in your heart before pointing fingers to Peter. But that's, that's not the end of story of Peter or me or many, many, many other people who disown Jesus every single day.
Jesus restored me and I am now here in front of you. In verse 72, the Peter remembered that Jesus had said to him before the roaster crow twice, you will deny me three times and he broke down and wept. In Gospel of Luke, it is written that when the rooster cried, uh, crowed, Jesus looked at the Peter. Their eyes strike with each other. One with the full of love and the other person with full of shame. One with the full of compassion and other probably with the full of repent with asking for forgiveness. In the Greek, broke down means really. He, he ran away and he fell to the ground and he cried, God, forgive what I have done. He asked forgiveness. In 2 Corinthians 7 verse 10, Godly sorrows bring repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrows bring death. There was also another person in the passion narrative who also had sorrow, who also cried. But what was his result? Death, Judas. But when Peter repented, he cried. God changed his whole life. And this is, that, that was not the end. Let's go to John chapter 21. Verse 15 to 17. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, Do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. Second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Peter denied Jesus three times. And the same time after that, he confessed three times that Jesus, I love you more than anyone. And Jesus gave him the big responsibility after that. At the end of this passage, Jesus again, at once Jesus asked him at the beginning of his ministry, follow me. In John chapter 21 verse 19, at the end of that, Jesus asking him, follow me. And we know after what happened. Peter, one of the amazing apostles, one of the lead apostles, he never afraid from higher authorities after that. Pillar of church. He built the church. 
in one sermon, more than 3,000 people believe on Christ. A true disciple. He testified Jesus. He, he witnessed him. He witnessed for Jesus for many, many, many gatherings. And what happened? He, never, he was never afraid. And at the end, he was crucified upside down. He was martyred. He was a true witness of Jesus Christ. Today, regardless of the outcome, are we putting ourselves in the hands of Christ, whatever the outcome will be, wherever he will lead us? Are we saying to Jesus, Jesus, we are asking forgiveness, whatever we have done. The courage and faithfulness of the Jesus and later on the courage and faithfulness of the Peter or before pointing fingers to others, are we asking Jesus, Jesus, we ask forgiveness. We are repenting. I will close this sermon with few pictures. And uh, broken pieces of pottery and ceramics. Go next. Yeah. Let's go back still. Yeah. So these broken pieces in Japanese, it's uh, art. Kintsugi. Kintsugi is an art in Japanese. And it believed that broken pieces, when they mend with a gold powder, it becomes more beautiful. The piece becomes more unique. The, the art becomes more beautiful. Today, we are broken vessels. We are broken souls. We are, we are lonely in front of our, in our lives, in our souls. And today, Jesus is calling us. Jesus is saying to us that come to me. I will make you whole. You are broken pieces, but I will make you whole with my precious blood, which I pour on the cross for you. He is calling all of us today. Let us bow our heads and pray. I encourage you to dig deep in your hearts. Maybe you are watching Jesus from a distance as a spectator. And today the time come when Jesus is saying, Come, follow me my son. Come, follow me my daughter. I have done everything for you. They have spit on my face. They kicked on my belly. They, they did everything to me. But only for you I have done. So Jesus is calling you. The question before you today is, am I ready to cast my lot in with Jesus and follow and follow him even to death? Am I willing to follow him whatever he wants to do or wherever he leads me? Let us take a moment in silence and ask forgiveness, ask his direction, ask repentance as Peter did. This podcast was from Tbilisi International Christian Fellowship. Learn more about us online at TICF.com.
hyphen georgia dot org. Thanks for listening.